Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Today we want to explore a major step in the progress of prophetic fulfillment in preparation for the coming of Jesus. It's actually part two of the debanking scenario that I discussed with you a couple months ago. The scaffolding is being erected in preparation for the fulfillment of Revelation 13. And it is taking place right in front of our eyes very rapidly. Most people don't even see it because they're not looking for it. They're not paying attention. They're not studying their Bibles and fortifying their minds with Scripture. While the banking is not focused on God's people at the moment, as usual, it is being done for other reasons. Banks, credit card companies, online payment services are developing that which was unthinkable a few years ago. Before we go further, though, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as multitudes of people that don't believe the Bible multiply, we are rapidly advancing toward the very time that the Bible predicted would take place at the end of time. We need your Spirit to help us to be wise and to overcome our incessant enemy. As we study this developing phenomena, we ask that your Holy Spirit will come and teach us what we need to know about the future. In Jesus' name, amen. To begin, let us review what the scripture says regarding the restrictions placed upon God's people for their faith in Jesus. Let us read from Revelation thirteen sixteen through 18. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is a number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. These verses reveal what to expect at the end of time. Most people think that America would never become what Europe was under the Habsburgs in the Holy Roman Empire. When church and state were united together to persecute the followers, the true followers of God. But the Bible declares that it will happen again in modern times. God's true people have always been a small minority. They usually get scapegoated for things that they had nothing to do with. But because of their singular loyalty to Jesus and his truth, 
They are the focus of demonization and isolation, or, as they say today, cancellation. Listen to this statement found in Great Controversy, page 605. Heretofore, those who presented the truths of the third angel's message have often been regarded as mere alarmists. Their predictions that religious intolerance would gain control in the United States, that church and state would unite to persecute those who keep the commandments of God, have been pronounced groundless and absurd. It has been confidently declared that this land could never become other than what it has been, the defender of religious freedom. The enemy has come at it obliquely, and not in the way that most people think it would come. It won't be at first used against God's people. It will be used against others who run afoul of the establishment agenda. And we're seeing that played out right now in our times. The scaffolding is being erected on many fronts, and when the time comes for Sunday laws to be agitated, many will be ready to accept the unacceptable, including many of God's people. The persecution of non-compliant dissenting individuals They will be so used to going along in order to get along that they will slide right into the hands of the enemy. But God is planning to use it, as he always does, for the benefit of his cause and his people. Here is the rest of the statement from Great Controversy, page 605. But as the question of enforcing Sunday observance is widely agitated, The event so long doubted and believed is seen to be approaching, and the third message will produce an effect which it could not have had before. The enemy of all humanity is currently testing and debugging the rollout of the financial exclusions for some people. Those people are mostly conservatives that have offended the liberals. We'll start with Mike Lindell, a famous businessman that owns the company called MyPillow. Mike Lindell is also a conservative, and he has a high profile. He was also a top advisor to former President Donald Trump. At the end of September 2023, he was hit with five different audits by the IRS related to his employees who worked at home during the pandemic. Here's what he said. It started in California. Now there are three other states that are coming at my pillow. They just keep attacking. Now they are going after our employees. They made it very personal. This is something that hasn't happened in 15 years. And all of a sudden, there's five IRS audits against my pillow in three different years. If my pillow can't get employees to work for them for fear of an IRS audit, my pillow will not be able to function. But IRS audits are not the only thing that happened to my pillow. 
Mike Lindell has found himself in the crosshairs of some of the largest financial institutions in the world. Just a week prior to the IRS audits, American Express cut his credit 90%. Here's what he revealed. American Express, I wasn't going to say this, we've been with them 15 years, and we do all of our online marketing, all of our shipping with them. Out of the blue, they took our credit line from a million dollars down to a hundred thousand dollars. Just crippled my pillow. Amex lowered the credit line for no reason and no explanation was given. It just dropped it down. But the Amex matter came on the heels of another financial blow. Last year, the Minnesota Bank and Trust cut ties with him a month after they cited him as a reputation risk. They canceled all nine of his bank accounts. Were these events all separate and not connected? Not likely. Mike Lindell was systematically targeted by the financial system because of his political views. The financial system has been weaponized against high-profile conservatives. It's not yet targeting God's people per se, but you can see how it can be, and it will be. I have had one report of a faithful family in Scandinavia that has been debanked. Over the last five years or so, this has become a common occurrence against those who have conservative political and social views that don't agree with the prevailing narrative. It's not limited to the United States. Many people in Canada experienced financial shutout when the truckers protested against the vaccine mandates. Many small donors who supported them gave small contributions that were then confiscated temporarily by the government. They also investigated the small donors. The finance minister just came out and said that the freezing of the accounts of the truckers was about stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. That one statement from the finance minister allowed financial institutions to freeze the accounts without a court order. And it hampered the Canadian banks from legal constraints which made them very willing to act on their own and unjustly constrict the cash flow for these truckers and individuals who supported them. I mentioned in a previous sermon about Nigel Farage, who was debanked in the UK by the financial system because of his political views. He had enough public profile that he publicized his experience, and the UK government investigated Coots Bank. When the full story came out, the political leaders branded the debanking sinister and a disgrace. A secret dossier that the bank used on Nigel Farage showed that they admitted that he did meet commercial criteria, 
but his views were at odds with inclusivity. The UK lawmakers demanded that the regulatory agencies for the banks write letters to 20 of the largest banks asking them how many of their customers have had their bank accounts closed and what the reasons were for the closures. If you warn people not to be tainted with the sins of Babylon, you will be branded as a pariah to society because you do not have an exclusive view. Revelation 18.4 tells us that last message is an exclusive message. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Canada and the UK are taking different approaches. Canada seems to be willing to weaponize the financial system against private people and to tightly control the narrative, while the UK government fought back and said that having a bank account should not be dependent on one's political views. Which approach do you think America will take, and for that matter, other nations in the world? Well, the Bible is clear. The UK will not stay that way. We are very near the time when no man can buy or sell, save those who have the right religious views and have an inclusive attitude in support of the all-inclusive common good. Here is a statement from Great Controversy, page 442. The lamb-like horns and dragon voice of the symbol point to a striking contradiction between the professors and the practice of the nation thus represented. The speaking of the nation is the action of its legislative and judicial authorities. By such action, it will give the lie to those liberal and peaceful principles which it has put forth as the foundation of its policy. The prediction that it will speak as a dragon and exercise all the power of the first beast plainly foretells a development of the spirit of intolerance and persecution that was manifested by the nations represented by the dragon and the leper-like beast. And the statement that the beast with two horns causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast indicates that the authority of this nation is to be exercised in enforcing some observance which shall be an act of homage to the papacy. Satan is working very hard to take away the freedoms of Americans. As you know, he hates freedom, at least for those who love Jesus and do his will. Do you think the Constitution will be regarded when the crisis comes? Here's another statement from Good Controversy, page 442. Such action would be directly contrary to the principles of this government, to the genius of its free institutions, and to the direct solemn avowals of the Declaration of Independence and to the Constitution. The founders of the nation wisely sought to guard against the employment of secular power on the part of the Church. 
with its inevitable result, intolerance and persecution. The Constitution provides that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, and that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Only in flagrant violation of these safeguards to the nation's liberty can any religious observance be enforced by civil authority. But the inconsistency of such action is no greater than is represented in the symbol. It is the beast with lamb-like horns, in profession pure, gentle, and harmless, that speaks as a dragon. The enforcement of the Sunday law would change America from a lamb-like beast into a dragon. This will fundamentally transform America in more ways than you can imagine. America was the land of the free, but it will become the land of coercion and compulsion. And the government will have popular sentiment on its side. And you thought deplatforming on social media was evil. Wait till you are deplatformed and excluded from the financial system. The weaponization of money through the no-buy, no-sell law is swiftly and rapidly taking shape. When I was very young, I developed some ideas about how the Sunday law could come about with a no-buy, no-sell decree. But those ideas were far from what is actually happening. You can now very clearly see much of how this will play out. You can see the connection to the Constitution and money in the comments of J.D. Vance, the junior senator from Ohio. The next stage of deplatforming will be denying people access to the financial system. Then he added, the Second Amendment will mean little, for instance, if Visa won't let you buy ammunition. The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is the one that gives citizens the right to bear arms. Gun control by stealth is a method of relieving Americans of one of their rights by stealth. But especially is the First Amendment affected by the way finance is governed. You don't have freedom of speech if you don't have freedom of finance. You don't have religious freedom if the economy is controlled to the very detail, especially in support of the common good. The director of socialism research at the Heartland Institute, a national nonprofit research and education organization, said the following recently. There is a mountain of evidence that shows many America's largest and most powerful banks are discriminating against customers because of their ideological, social, cultural, religious, or political views. Through various environmental social and governance policies and frameworks, or ESG, banks regularly choose to screen out customers who are deemed reputational risks 
or are considered part of industries disfavored by elites and their powerful institutions. This goes back a number of years. In September of 2018, Alex Jones and his Infowars was deplatformed by PayPal. PayPal said they did a review and found that Alex Jones promoted hate and discriminatory intolerance. That was considered a fairly big deal because banks and financial institutions were not deplatforming or debanking people for their political or social or ideological views. But it was just the beginning of a diabolical plan of the enemy to get freedom-loving people to fear losing their financial status as a means of coercing them into compliance with the agenda of global elites. People would be so afraid of being excluded from society that they would self-censor and not involve themselves with disfavored organizations. Then in October of 2018, PayPal also banned a social media website known as Gap because it discovered that a mass murderer of Jews at a synagogue in Philadelphia was posting anti-Semitic messages on the site. This case, by the way, shows the inconsistency of large companies that ban conservatives from using their services. Facebook, Instagram, and other sites allow criminals to repeatedly live-stream themselves doing crimes on their sites. In January of 2021, Stripe, a payment processing company, stopped processing payments for the Trump campaign for their fundraising efforts. This came on the heels of the events of January 6. Then in June of 2021, Wells Fargo made a business decision to close the personal account of Lauren Witzke, who was a conservative Republican Senate candidate in the state of Delaware. She had recently called a trans person demonic. Then in July of 2021, the Anti-Defamation League, or the ADL, linked up with PayPal to fight extremism and protect marginalized communities through the use of the financial industry. The president of the Anti-Defamation League said at the time, we have a unique opportunity to further understand how hate spreads and develop key insights that will inform the efforts of the financial industry, law enforcement, and our communities in mitigating extremist threats. Let's break this down according to the Bible. The ADL is going to advise PayPal and other companies in the financial industry which people are spreading hate. The third angel's message is already considered hateful in some places. So if you are teaching that a certain church or a group of churches is Babylon, and you are warning people to stay away from them that, and that God will destroy them, you will be considered an extremist. There will be those that will advise your financial institution that you are spreading hate and that you should be financially debanked. 
The ADL is also going to advise law enforcement so that the police can arrest you to prevent you from sharing your ideology. They will also advise communities, meaning the general public, so that they will not accept your views, but will especially aid in demonizing, isolating, and informing government authorities on you. In fact, all the scaffolding of the Papal Inquisition is being erected in our modern society, just as it has been predicted. Listen to this statement from Great Controversy, page 581. God's word has given warning of the impending danger. Let this be unheeded and the Protestant world will learn what the purposes of Rome really are, only when it is too late to escape the snare. She is silently growing into power. Her doctrines are exerting their influence in legislative halls, in the churches, and in the hearts of men. She is piling up her lofty and massive structures in the secret recesses of which her persecutions will be repeated. Stealthily and unsuspectedly, she is strengthening her forces to further her own ends when the time shall come for her to strike. All that she desires is vantage ground, and this is already being given her. We shall soon see and shall feel what the purpose of the Roman element is. Whoever shall believe and obey the word of God will thereby incur reproach and persecution. How can this happen in modern society? Well, now you know. It's all based on fear of extremism in contrast with the common good. What is an extremist threat? This is a very broad, vague term that can be interpreted many ways. To demonize someone, you have to accuse them of being an extremist. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Extremism, by definition, leads to violence. And a government must appear to look like they are trying to prevent violence, at least some forms of violence, that are universally abhorred. Of course, some violence is okay, particularly if it is in the service of certain goals. That's why law enforcement will be weaponized against those who teach the Trey Angels' messages. I have a side comment that I would like to make at this point. God's Church has historically held conservative theological values because those values are biblical. They also held conservative political views to go along with it. They still like to present themselves as a conservative church, or at least until more recently. As their lifestyles have moved away from the Bible, however, a large percentage of them, particularly many of the leaders and those living in large urban centers, actually hold on biblical views. The inconsistency is rather blatant, and the gap between the Bible and their ideology is now quite wide. This will create a big problem for those that still hold conservative views in the time of trouble. It will lead to betrayals and internal deplatforming. 
Cancel culture has already been active for many, many years within the church for those that take a different ideological track than the leaders. But now the truth has been turned on its head. Those who present the truth find themselves so far removed from the bulk of church members that their biblical views get little or no traction. In July of 2018, Chase owned a payment processor that closed the account of the Family Council, a conservative lobbying group that advocates for pro-life public policies and religious freedom. One morning they got a notice from Chase that said the following, Unfortunately, we can no longer support your business. We wish you all the luck in the future and hope that you find a processor that better fits your payment processing needs. That was disingenuous. A payment processor can process payments for anyone without regard to social status. Then, in August of 2021, Chase Bank closed the account of General Michael Flynn. Flynn is a three-star general who was the former National Security Advisor. They said his accounts were closed because of potential reputational risks to the bank. General Flynn made the letter public. This apparently generated a severe backlash against the bank. Two days later, Chase Bank reversed the decision, saying that the letter was a mistake. I suspect that the letter was intentional and not a mistake. If it had not gotten negative publicity, the bank would have probably stood by its decision to debank General Flynn. I'll tell you why in a minute. But the so-called mistake was in the providence of God. Because now we can see more of what is happening and we can understand prophecy more clearly. Our Lord is making the plans and agendas of the enemy very clear for those who want to see it. He is working to get his people prepared quickly. The final movements will be rapid ones, both for the fulfillment of prophecy and for the preparation of God's people. If you understand something in Bible prophecy, you can't miss the point. But if you aren't studying your Bible and understanding prophecy, you are going to go on oblivious to what is coming. And this is the case with most of God's people. They will be overwhelmingly surprised by the vehemence and hatred manifested toward them and left without help. In that time, only God can help us to be faithful. But if they have not built their faith on the truth, they will be left without a shelter in the storm and will become the enemies of God's true remnant. That is also clear from the events that we are witnessing. Listen to this statement from Great Controversy, page 608. As the storm approaches, a large class who have professed faith in the third angel's message but have not been sanctified through obedience to the truth abandon their position and join the ranks of the opposition. By uniting with the world and partaking of its spirit, they have come to view matters in nearly the same light. And when the test is brought, 
they are prepared to choose the easy, popular side. Men of talent and pleasing address who once rejoiced in the truth employ their powers to deceive and mislead souls. They become the most bitter enemies of their former brethren. When Sabbath keepers are brought before the courts to answer for their faith, these apostates are the most efficient agents of Satan to misrepresent and accuse them, and by false reports and insinuations stir up the rulers against them. It is very important to learn to depend on God and to fortify yourself with Scripture. Here is an important statement from the Testimonies to the Church, Volume 5, page 452. God has revealed what is to take place in the last days, that his people may be prepared to stand against the tempest of opposition and wrath. Those who have been warned of events before them are not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm, comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble. We are to be as men waiting for their Lord, not in idle expectancy, but in earnest work, with unwavering faith. It is no time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance. While men are sleeping, Satan is actively arranging matters so that the Lord's people may not have mercy or justice. The Sunday movement is now making its way in darkness. The leaders are concealing the true issue, and many who unite in the movement do not themselves see whither the undercurrent is tending. Its professions are mild and apparently Christian, but when it shall speak, it will reveal the spirit of the dragon. It is our duty to do all in our power to avert the threatened danger. We should endeavor to disarm prejudice by placing ourselves in the, a proper light before the people. We should bring before them the real question at issue, thus interposing the most effectual protest against measures to restrict liberty of conscience. We should search the scriptures and be able to give the reason for our faith. Says the prophet, The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Chase Bank was probably ingenious about General Flynn's debanking, because in November of 2021, its payment processor, WePay, canceled the Defense of Liberty accounts. The Defense of Liberty Foundation is a conservative group. Here is what they told the group. It seems you are using WePay payments for one or more of the activities prohibited by our terms of service. More specifically, per our terms of service, we are unable to process for hate, violence, racial intolerance, racial intolerance, terrorism, the financial exploitation of a crime, for items or activities that encourage, promote, facilitate, or instruct others regarding the same. In response, Mr. Paul Kurtman, the founder of Defense Liberty, of Liberty, said, I can't think of 
a single instance where anything we've done violates their terms of service. They are trying to shut us down because they don't like our politics. Do you think God's people will be accused of promoting hate and violence so that banks can justify debanking them? Friends, the time of trouble includes a no-buy, no-sell law. And it will happen as predicted. The Bible is accurate. Some in God's church think this won't happen, or that it won't happen in our time. This is dangerous thinking. It delays the Lord's coming in their minds, and they will be unprepared and shocked. The Bible gives us a clear picture of this in Matthew 24, 48-51. But and if... That evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites." There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here is a statement that explains this point. It's from Desire of Ages, page 635. The evil servant says in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming. He does not say that Christ will not come. He does not scoff at the idea of his second coming. But in his heart and by his actions and words, he declares that the Lord's coming is delayed. He banishes from the minds of others the conviction that the Lord is coming quickly. His influence leads men to presumptuous, careless delay. They are confirmed in their worldliness and stupor. Earthly passions, corrupt thoughts, take possession of the mind. The evil servant eats and drinks with the drunken unites with the world in pleasure-seeking. He smites his fellow servants, accusing and condemning those who are faithful to their master. He mingles with the world, like grows with like in transgression. It is a fearful assimilation. With the world he is taken in a snare. The Lord of that servant shall come, in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. Fortunately, the shutdown of defense of liberty obtained enough immediate coverage that the Missouri State Treasurer, Mr. Scott Fitzpatrick, was prompted to send a letter to the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, threatening to stop doing business with Chase. Here's what he wrote. While as a private business, you are free to choose who you want to do business with. It will be the policy of the Missouri State Treasurer's Office that the state of Missouri will not do business with J.P. Morgan Chase or any other financial institution that discriminates against customers based on mainstream political ideology so long as that discrimination continues. This was no small threat. The state of Missouri has pension funds worth $82.7 billion invested with Chase. Maybe that 
explains why J.P. Morgan Chase reversed its decision shortly after receiving the letter. Here is their response. Again, it seems rather disingenuous. After further review, we determined that this organization did not violate the terms of service, and we are reaching out to the client to discuss reinstating the account. To be clear, we have never and would never close an account due to the client's political affiliation. Right. $82 billion is a lot of money and it has a bullhorn that J.P. Morgan Chase could not ignore. Chase is one of the foremost banks leading the charge. But Chase was not finished with his political discrimination. Sam Brownback was a former U.S. Senator, the former Governor of Kansas, and the former U.S. Ambassador-at-Large for Religious Freedom. Sam Brownback is also a co-founder of an organization known as the Committee for Religious Freedom, a bipartisan organization with a multi-faith board made up of Christians, Hindus, Mormons, Jews, and Muslims. The organization works to protect the right to the free exercise of faith for all Americans. Sam Brownback opened the accounts at Chase for the Committee for Religious Freedom. In April of 2022, just three weeks after opening them, Chase closed the accounts for the Committee for Religious Freedom. Brownback got a letter from Chase that said that Chase did not want to do business with the Committee for Religious Freedom anymore. Brownback was told that the decision was made at the corporate level, that it was secret, that Chase would not disclose any more about it, and it was irrevocable. But then he was told by the bank that the committee's accounts could be reopened, but only if he provided a list of the donors that supported the committee and a list of the political candidates that the committee planned to support. This strongly suggests would allow the committee only to have accounts at the bank if the bank agreed with the political candidates the committee wished to support. There are many more examples of financial discrimination because of customers' ideological, social, cultural, religious, or political views. These are just a few of the more prominent ones. In fact, these are only the tip of the iceberg because many individuals who are faced with the banking are not prominent enough and don't have a platform by which to make their problem with the bank public. There is a mountain of evidence that banks are taking the lead in establishing a Chinese-like social credit system. The banks in the United States and the United Kingdom are in lockstep together in establishing political and social criteria for their customers and punishing those who don't comply. This is diabolical, but prophecy tells us that a time is coming when you won't be able to buy or sell because of your religious beliefs. 
There may be other beliefs that also eliminate people from the financial system, but the one that really affects God's people is keeping God's law, the Sabbath law of the Fourth Commandment especially. However, one bright spot is in the UK, where the government ministers are pushing back to stop banks from canceling customers for their political views. In 2023, it banned banks from using any non-financial criteria when evaluating customers, a remarkable blow to the ESG movement. And in the United States, only Florida has taken a truly all-encompassing approach to the ESG problem. But in the end, do you think it will really make a difference when the Bible prophecy predicts that it will go the other way? Jeremy Haskins at the Heartland Institute, the, that think tank I mentioned earlier, remarked, through various environmental, social, and governments, or ESG policies and frameworks, banks regularly choose to screen out customers who are deemed reputational risks or considered part of industries disfavored by elites and their powerful institutions. By the way, ESG is about collaboration on environmental, social, and governance to create standards that will be imposed on the most of the industrialized global economy and are designed to create a great reset of capitalism and to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies. ESG represents one of the greatest threats to individual freedoms and democratic institutions today. This will bring a state of collective tyranny throughout the world in line with Satan's plan to restrict and control God's people all over the world. Will God's people become a reputational risk for banks or anyone else they do business with? This level of discrimination isn't this broad yet, but it is becoming something that will affect every business or association you try to engage with. A reputational risk could be pinned on almost anyone. For instance, those who describe the biblical beasts of Revelation 13 according to the principles of Bible prophecy could be considered a reputational risk to their own church because of the unpopularity and demonizing of such truth. Your own church might consider you a reputational risk, as they did in World War I, to certain members who refused to bear arms and work on the Sabbath, or as they did in World War II to Jewish church members. They disfellowshipped them, canceled their memberships in the church, and turned them in, in some cases, to the German juggernaut. Oh, they didn't call it a reputational risk back then, but that's what it was. The church tried to protect itself from being accused by the German government of being uncooperative. This was also true in Russia, Hungary, Poland, and no doubt other nations. Was this a good policy? Many of its own members were thrown under the bus in the name of protecting the church. Some of those ex-members were eventually 
murdered by the Nazis. They were not defended by the church. They were left to survive or perish on their own. Think about it. With as much government financial support as the church is getting for its institutions, whether hospitals or universities or other organizations, do you think that your church will concern itself with a few members who have conscientious convictions and just can't get along with the government on Sunday laws? The pattern is already happening in our day. The church supported the government mandates and basically said that the jab was not a religious liberty issue and should not be made a religious liberty issue. They tried to sound supportive, but they actually weren't. And they made it clear that they would not publicly defend those that refused a jab for religious liberty reasons. Imagine that. The very church that stood strongly for religious freedom in its early days, is now helping governments to coerce the people into doing something that they conscientiously cannot do. Remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 9 and 10. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Friends, it's going to get a lot worse than mere debanking. As devastating as that is to individuals and companies, the current spat of debankings is only just the beginning. Here is a familiar statement that we must consider. It is from Desire of Ages, page 121. In the last great conflict of the controversy with Satan, those who are loyal to God will see every earthly support cut off because they refuse to break his law in obedience to earthly powers. They will be forbidden to buy or sell. It will finally be decreed that they shall be put to death. This will not be an easy time for God's people. Are you ready for it? your life will suddenly be left without any means of support. Notice I said suddenly. For most people, and for most of God's people, it will be an overwhelming surprise. What does overwhelming mean? It means very strong and powerful issue. Often it refers to emotions, as in overwhelming grief or joy. But in this case, it means overwhelming stress with the feeling that you have been abandoned, being left without any means of support, especially by surprise, will be a shock from which most people can't and won't recover. They haven't been preparing their souls by surrendering daily to Christ. They haven't been obeying his counsel to make specific moves that will protect them in the time of trouble. They will be severely and relentlessly pressured to go along with the Sunday law in order to survive. Especially will this be true in the cities. And also especially if they have been used to going along with the medical requirements or other decrees which are handed down by respected authorities, 
you can be sure that these are especially prominent in the city. When all money is digital, you will be completely controlled, whether you live in the city or in the country. But if you are debanked, then you will be unable to survive in the usual way, which makes growing your garden and living in the country far more easier and more compelling. And this is the way the enemy would have it. Put people in such a strict financial straitjacket that they cannot move. Let's review that statement again from Prophets and Kings, page 184. Thus the world will become mine. I will be the ruler of the earth, the prince of the world. I will so control the minds under my power that God's Sabbath shall be a special object of contempt. A sign? I will make the observance of the seventh day a sign of disloyalty to the authorities of the earth. Human laws will be made so stringent that men and women will not dare to observe the seventh-day Sabbath. For fear of wanting food and clothing, they will join with the world in transgressing God's law. The earth will be wholly under my dominion. I hope you are learning how to grow your gardens and orchards. This can't be done overnight. The pandemic changed the way people think. Now the governments have more freedom to impose decrees than they used to have. And governments the world over will use it. When that time comes, and it is already here, the financial system will be weaponized against people who dissent from the predominant narrative. It will have devastating effects on faithful people. They won't be able to have a job. They won't be able to have a bank account. They won't be able to go to the store and buy food anymore. They won't be able to drive a car or fill up at the gas station. They won't be able to receive payments from the government like Social Security or welfare, whatever form it is. The more socialized the country is, the more the people are dependent on the government. And that will come back to bite them. Businesses will have to be shut down that are run by God's remnant people. They can't buy inventory, nor can they sell services. They can't pay employees, if they have any. Further, they will be severely demonized so that nobody will want to work for them anyway. But there is a more important preparation to make. You must fortify your mind with Scripture. And the goal is to love God more than food and clothing as well as to strengthen your mind and prepare it for the onslaught. Jesus promises to stand with his people and provide for them in the time of trouble, but this cannot happen if they have not fortified their minds with Scripture and love the truth with all their heart, mind, and soul. Do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus? If you do, build on it, strengthen it, ask God to test it, if you haven't, isn't this a good time to start? Maybe God will have mercy on you and give you what you need to purify your mind and heart. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, 
We are sobered by the growing onslaught against your true people. Be our shelter in the time of storm. Fortify us with the word of God. Give us grace and power so that we can overcome the enemy at every turn. Help us to be faithful, and we will praise you throughout eternity for your love and care for us during this time. And send your Holy Spirit to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope that you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song that you have just heard is called He Hideth My Soul, played by Henry Higgins. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Day by Day. If you would like a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid and we will gladly send you one. International listeners should send $20. Be sure and mention the Day by Day CD. The following is our Prophetic Intelligence Briefing, a feature that brings you current events in the light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis and the coming of the Lord. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month, South Korea on alert for possible North Korea action after Israel-Hamas conflict. South Korea is under a heightened alert, assessing how the widening crisis in the Middle East could impact its national security after the unprecedented attack that Palestinian militant group Hamas launched against Israel. South Korean National Security Advisor Cho Tae-yong is examining possible impacts that the Hamas-Israel conflict could have on South Korean security as he is being briefed on the situation, said the office of President Yo Suk-yeol on Monday. The Hamas attack against Israel on Saturday, the deadliest assault it experienced in 50 years, appeared to be expanding into a full-scale war on the third day of the conflict. The Israeli military has mobilized 300,000 reservists Monday as it moves on a full offensive in response to the surprise attack by ground, air, and sea by Hamas. Israel is also imposing a complete blockade of the Palestinian-controlled Gaza Strip. South Korea condemned Hamas for its attack on Israel and expressed deep concern about civilian casualties. The rapidly growing conflict elevated South Korea's concern over a possible U.S. shift in priority to the Middle East, and as a result, diminished support for deterring North Korea, according to analysts. Cho Han Bong, a senior research fellow at the Korea Institute for National Unification, a think tank in Seoul, said if the Palestinian-Israel conflict prolongs to the point that it requires the U.S. to deploy significant military capacity to the region, Deterring North Korea could lower priority for the U.S. Robert Manning, a senior fellow at the Stimson Center's Reimagining U.S. Grand Strategy Project, said U.S. extended deterrence could potentially be affected if a military contingency arose in the Middle East that demands significant U.S. military support. South Korean Defense Minister Shin Won-sik, who took office Saturday, called for the military's full readiness against North Korea as he visited the Army's 1st Infantry Division near the inter-Korean border Monday. North Korea's relations with Russia have been growing into close military cooperation as rail traffic across the borders of the two countries surged, indicative of possible arms transfers from Pyongyang to Moscow after Kim's meeting with President Vladimir Putin in Russia in September.
Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Monday blamed the Palestinian-Israel conflict on the failed Middle Eastern policy of the U.S. as he called for a return to peace. North Korea has yet to release an official statement on the conflict. Since the 1980s, North Korea has been providing illicit arms to Iran, a key supporter of Hamas, as well as the Lebanese terror group Hezbollah, which has also launched attacks on Israel. Quote, that time is at hand. Today the signs of the times declare that we are standing on the threshold of great and solemn events. Everything in our world is in agitation. Before our eyes is fulfilling the Savior's prophecy of the events to proceed as coming. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Education, page 179. Next, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says the U.S. is directly at war with Moscow as the White House continues to pledge weapons to Ukraine. According to Russian officials, the United States' continued support of Ukraine puts the country directly at war with Moscow. Quote, you can call this whatever you want to call this, but they are directly at war with us. We can call this a hybrid war, but that doesn't change the reality. CNN reported Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said Saturday after being asked by a journalist when the U.S. will be considered to be directly involved in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia as opposed to engaging in a proxy war. He added, They are effectively engaged in hostilities with us, using the Ukrainians as fodder. Representatives for the United States Department of Defense Ukraine's Ministry of Defense and the government of the Russian Federation did not immediately respond to request for comment from Insider. The U.S. has pledged over $100 billion in aid packages to Ukraine since Russia's full-scale invasion began last year, including more than $43.8 billion in security packages, including equipment such as howitzers and artillery, Stinger anti-aircraft systems, and Abram tanks. Earlier this month, the Biden administration announced an additional 600 million aid package to be sent to Ukraine's front lines, including a resupply of HIMARS ammunition and for the first time depleted uranium tank rods, Insider previously reported. While the U.S.'s continued support for Ukraine has faced political backlash, mainly from Republican members of Congress. The White House redoubled its efforts to support Ukraine earlier this month by ordering increased production for crucial artillery as Ukrainian troops struggled to keep up with Russia's war machine. In addition to the extensive aid packages, the U.S. has implemented sanctions against nearly 100 Russian elites as well as the country's industrial base, financial institutions, and technology suppliers. The sanctions have reshaped Russia's economic ties with the world and sent the ruble's value plummeting. Quote, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, 
and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Matthew 24, 6 and 7. Next, Pope meets King Philip and Queen Mathilde of Belgium. Pope Francis received King Philip and Queen Mathilde of Belgium on Thursday morning in the Vatican, according to a statement from the Holy See Press Office. Following the audience with the Pope, the Belgian King and Queen met with Archbishop Paul Richard Gallagher, Secretary for Relations with State and International Organizations in the offices of the Secretariat of State. During the meeting, the statement noted, quote, Satisfaction was expressed at the good relations between the Holy See and Belgium, highlighting the role of Christian faith and the Catholic Church. The discussions the communique concluded primarily focused on matters of common interest and some issues of an international nature, with special reference to Africa, the war in Ukraine, and commitment to peace among peoples. The Belgian royals had traveled to the Vatican in early January to attend the funeral mass of late Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, who passed away 31 December 2022. Belgium wonders after. Quote, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Revelation 13.3 Next, Appeals Court finds Biden administration violated the First Amendment when it pushed for social media censorship. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled Friday that certain officials from President Joe Biden's administration overstepped their bounds by pressuring social media platforms to limit specific content. The court affirmed that the White House Surgeon General, CDC, and FBI likely infringed upon the First Amendment by urging or significantly influencing the decisions of social media companies to censor content. However, the court delineated its position, pointing out discrepancies with a previous lower court decision. It disagreed with the district court's previous judgment that the NIAID, CISA, and State Department officials had potentially violated the First Amendment. The broader injunction originally issued by District of Louisiana Judge Terry A. Doughty in the Missouri versus Biden case sought to bar the Biden administration from pushing social media platforms to censor. This injunction was rooted in the belief that these actions suppressed protected speech. The judges wrote that the Biden administration likely coerced the platforms to make their moderation decisions by way of intimidating messages and threats of adverse consequences, and also found the White House significantly encouraged the platform's decisions by commandeering their decision-making processes, both in violation of the First Amendment. Elaborating on the decision, the court noted, under the modified injunction, the enjoined defendants cannot coerce or significantly encourage a platform's content moderation decisions. Any suggestion of adverse consequences, even if not directly communicated or realized, that may be perceived as punitive in nature by a reasonable individual falls under this prohibition. 
While the ruling marked a major development, the appeals court also accepted the Biden administration's plea to pause the enforcement of the injunction for 10 days, allowing them time to approach the Supreme Court. When some religious speech is out of favor, will censorship of social media eventually lead to broader restrictions on religious liberty? Quote, Satan is still working through every means which he can control to destroy religious liberty. The anti-Christian power which the protesters of Spires rejected is now with renewed vigor seeking to re-establish its lost supremacy. The same unswerving adherence to the Word of God manifested at that crisis of the Reformation is the only hope of reform today. Great Controversy, page 204. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.